0: This week's episode of In Her Shoes contains discussions about pornography and sex and contains sexual references from the onset and throughout. It may be inappropriate for some younger listeners and parental guidance is advised. Hello, welcome back to In Her Shoes this week. Now, In Her Shoes is an hour-long speech show where we talk about women's issues or anything relating to women. And this week, we are going to talk about pornography. So it is a little more adult than some of our previous episodes. So if anyone doesn't want to listen to pornography or if anyone's of younger ears here, just bear that in mind. But we're going to head on talking about pornography. I'm Alethea and we've got Megan here today. How are you, Megan? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this topic just simply because pornography is now not necessarily pornography but just sex work and sexualization is a lot more mainstream these days just because of things like OnlyFans kind of making it more mainstream and making it accessible to anyone to not only access but also participate so and it's almost it's not as is taboo as it was I feel I mean I don't know what it's like in school these days but when I was in school you know, it was, you never really talked about it if you were female. I mean, even if you brought up the prospect of masturbating as a young girl, it was always shut down or laughed at and you almost felt humiliated. So I'm quite interested to see what different people think about it. So yeah, excited about it. So what about you? What do you think about pornography just before we really dive into it? Kind (laughs) of, I mean, that's a bit of a weird question, but your your general
1: thoughts feelings ideas um i think it's great for a start (laughs) um but with it comes a multitude of of problems as well like there are as much as there are pros there are so many cons for how ethical it has been produced to the effects that it can have on consumers and just the industry itself is not always um the best of places um but I do agree with sort of that opening statement about how being, you know, a young woman or, or, or in a secondary school or even in my experience uh, in the first few years of university, still um, women. To be honest, like I find that women shame each other more than men. men. Men like talking about it in my experience. Like I've got mates who are male and we will talk about it and we'll just have... You know, not not a creepy discussion about it, but just a genuine, interesting conversation about, about porn. Whereas it's not a conversation I've had as often with my f- with female friends. And the odd times, if I've tried to make a joke or, like, you know, just say something a lad would say, I've had more negative reactions from the women that I'm friends with than the men.
0: That's really interesting, actually. I... I think when I was younger, like when I was in school or college, it was sometimes shunned by women. But I felt that it was it was my women, my, my women, my <laughs> female friends that didn't kind of explore sexuality. So I kind of always just thought it came from a point of innocence in that respect. But I actually remember the first conversation I had about masturbation when I was in school. And that was with like, other girls and it was the men the boys would always laugh about it or be like Huh, oh, like whatever you know like take the mic. but it, there was a couple of a couple of girls in my class who were just like I masturbate like I don't care and it was like this oh my god you do too moment and because like no one had ever talked about it before and then when I went to university I wasn't I wasn't really shamed by um anyone really particularly but it, but it was very much like some Men that I would hang around with, it wasn't even that they were like mean or rude about it, but they were just like, Oh, we don't want to know. I was like, oh. really?
1: All of the, all of the, most of the guys that I'm friends with really do want to know because they want to know what women are into and sort of how they can uh, improve, I suppose. um Yeah, so sort of, I guess, where the, in, in talking about school level, um, it wasn't really a subject like in, that came up often if, if at all I think you know we talked about who we fancied and things like that but you wouldn't especially if my friendship group sex was never like anything sexual was was never really on the table for discussing like it was a massive scandal when someone in our friendship group did something and, like as soon as everyone found out it was like massive gossip and everyone um, and, you know there was um, that's a whole other issue I suppose and then in um, in college, I went to a different college to all of the people that I went to school with, made friends with some really great women who were more open about talking about sex, were more open about about those sorts of things. And it was the first time that I did have conversations of, um, had, had a conversation, I have a very vivid conversation um, where uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about climaxing and she said that her, you know, I think most girls when they break up with someone goes, well, he couldn't make me come anyway. Uh, or she, and then she said that she'd like never had I was like what you've, you've never and she's like oh by myself obviously but not with someone else <laughs> and that was sort of the first conversation that I was sort of like ah this is what women are allowed to talk about and you are allowed to talk about these different experiences that you have both with yourself and with other people
0: I do think it's really useful for women to talk about this because I know that like when I first started you know engaging in sexual activity we'll call it like I was just really confused and I think I was really confused about like what I was supposed to be doing or what was realistic or not because everything you've ever seen in like movies tv shows and pornography is very scripted and very unrealistic like the purpose of pornography is to you know fulfill a service right it is usually for masturbation I don't really know what other people use it for (laughs) um maybe maybe inspiration I don't know maybe they just don't like movies and they just prefer to watch that whatever you use it for great but it's very much there to serve a purpose and it is very much tailored to different niches and it's you know it's not really realistic and I think it almost distorts people's ideas of what it what it actually should be like I know I've seen quite a few people recently talking about how it's very violent towards women predominantly. And there was someone who was talking about, I don't know if, if they'd like looked at like psychological like studies or not. I personally do not have the statistics in front of me, but they were saying that like a lot of people have found that it kind of perpetrates this idea that women are supposed to be submissive or supposed to be dominated and that violence is acceptable and it's kind of distorting it for like a generation. But I don't know how you feel about that
1: yeah so i saw i saw a tweet that actually made me think about this the other day about how like porn in society has made women think that vanilla is an insult and that you should be into riskier things and that you should be because of what you know it's like it's almost like peer pressure to not be labeled as vanilla which if you think about which I, i i do believe that that is a massive issue but i just think how how crazy it is that this is now sort of the the time that we're living in where it's it's there's more pressure to be extroverted in those senses and to be more out there with your with the kinks or whatever in fear of being labeled as vanilla and i think that's actually quite dangerous that we are at a point in society where that is something that women are conscious of and men you know everyone if you are conscious of being labeled as vanilla there's nothing wrong with just being what there's nothing wrong with just being, just enjoying nice sex <laughs> and not and not going into those sort of riskier, more dangerous acts, I suppose. Like,
0: you know, if you're allowed to just do missionary. You don't have to beat each other up every time you go to bed together. Um, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're you're right. And I think it's really interesting. I think it is dangerous for, for one, like what you said. I think that it, it you know, we shouldn't be encouraging people to be you know engaging in like bondage or like violence or whatever just to you know get sexual pleasure I mean if that's what you're into that's fine but it just shouldn't be something that is you know that you're guided towards there's like this is what like men and women want because it's not always but also I just think it's really peculiar to be honest that like if you go back even like 20 years maybe not even that like people didn't even talk about sex like
1: yeah
0: no one even like wanted to engage in like women in particular were like oh no that's, like you know quite like proper and we're like oh I can't talk about that like I'm barely even allowed to have sex outside of my marriage and it was very taboo and you know I just find it really weird that we've now gone from like don't ever talk about it don't ever talk about sex like it's not allowed you shouldn't even be like sleeping around you shouldn't be sleeping outside of like marriages or whatever Mm. to the point now where it's like oh he doesn't choke you what are you even doing then you know oh like you know it's it's quite like in a way I think there's there needs to be a line drawn between sexual freedom and being open and honest about sex and being able to communicate but like not to the point where it's like encouraging
1: communication and and being comfortable are the two main things that everyone needs to bear in mind i suppose um and i think it is it is easy to to watch certain material and to feel more adventurous or to or even to be encouraged down the riskier paths because you have seen something and think that looks fun i want to imitate it and then before you realize it, it's actually not as fun as it looks on the screen, and you're not quite sure how to get yourself back out of those situations.
0: As well, I think it's really important to bear in mind that like porn stars are professionals. Like I know that like you know like what I said earlier about like now we've got like websites and it's easier for like kind of amateurs or like beginners to like get into it, which like I'll revert back to that point. But you know, for most of what you see, like they are professionals. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not really sure what training goes into it. I don't know if there's like a like a recruitment day or whatever um but you know I, like they are that is their job yeah, you that's know, their sole job and as well like you know it'll be very heavily edited like they probably don't do it all in one they probably have a lot of breaks they probably get like food water you know um <laughs> but it's it's very much like a profession it's kind of like you wouldn't watch like a ballet dancer and then be like oh I'm gonna do exactly that because like it takes a lot of training a lot of talent and a lot of work and it's kind of the same it's a performance right so I don't think you know young people watching it should be like oh that that's what I'm gonna do like I'm gonna try that because you know fair, you know be ambitious you know enjoy yourself but just bear in mind like it is definitely a performance and it's heavily edited and there's like a lot of things that go into that to make it look a certain way so
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, you know it's you know it's for the most part you know if we're talking about the sort of high end high production values you know it will be staged and you know blocked and sort of just do you know what's really interesting i've been um i watched bridgerton uh which is essentially soft porn
0: <laughs> um, honestly i watched that i've just finished it last night
1: i couldn't believe how much
0: gallivanting they did shall yeah. we put it
1: but what's really interesting and it's a relatively new thing in terms of um of how tv shows are being produced is they had an intimacy coordinator who is exactly that who's someone that blocks and choreographs just like you would uh, a fight scene blocks those those moments with the actors and make sure that they are both comfortable with everything which I think again is really important to remember when you are watching those scenes and that you know remember that they are they have been stylized to be like that and that everyone involved was comfortable with the process etc but yeah quite a raunchy show wasn't it yeah do you know what it is Ah. I just wanted a nice period drama,
0: <laughs> like I just wanted. I just thought it was about lords and ladies, and I was like, "Oh, this will be in my." And it was like highly recommended. You know, I only kind of watched it over the past couple of days because, like, my friends were like, "You have to watch this." Um. Apparently, they thought it would be right up my street.
1: They were correct,
0: <laughs> but yeah. But I was just like, "Oh, okay, cute." And then, like, you know, that a it's lot like first scene,
1: happened. isn't it? It's like it's like the second scene. It cuts to Anthony up against yeah. the tree and it's like oh okay that is yeah. where this is going because i'd seen a lot about it on twitter a lot of people being like can't believe i watched it with my parents etc etc and i was "Oh, what's the big deal and i there was even for me there was there was one scene that was just going on too long so i did just skip forward 15 seconds because I, I don't want to sit through all this yeah, <laughs> as was good a lot. as it was to watch it was just simple i was like oh this is you know if i if i wanted if i wanted to watch this then i'd uh give it give it a google rather than (laughs) sitting down with netflix in front of me
0: there's a new meaning to netflix and chill isn't there that's what they were
1: going for oh exactly yeah Um, but you know i miss tumblr tumblr was the og for sort of being that pathway into watching or, or sort of finding explicit content because no one's i always felt like it was quite a safe website to go on until they got rid of it all obviously. But sort of for those first times where you are sort of actively seeking that sort of content but aren't quite brave enough to just, you know, Google the words. Yeah. <laughs> for me it was definitely sort of the slowly ease into oh that was that was a of raunchy gif. Let's 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 look at that again. <laughs> let's rewatch this fifty thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs>
0: Uh, I am just gonna put a little reminder out there that if anyone has just tuned in, we are talking about pornography and adult themes and there are sexual references from the outset and throughout. But with that being said, I felt like I was on Geordie show there. I don't know if anyone watched <laughs> Geordie show I was very cha- much channeling my inner Charlotte. Um but yeah, with like I can't remember the first the first thing I kind of looked oh it's just been so long ago Megan I've been doing it for such a long time um I remember do you
1: i i I remember it was um well the, 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 yeah it was it wasn't even it wasn't it wasn't explicitly porn but it was from a TV show uh, and it was just like one scene of um an actor who um who I'm not gonna name. <laughs> was <laughs> basically an actor an actor doing a scene that was that and I, I was I was relatively young i did i I did start from probably a very young age from what I can gather from other people talking about it. and that was sort and then that was sort of started i didn't I didn't feel guilty or anything. I was just sort of like, well, this seems fine, so I'll just keep doing this. <laughs>
0: Yeah, to be fair though, like, so one of my friends, a friend of a friend, she is doing a PhD in, like, child psychology, and something she said, I mean, don't, like, quote me on this because I'm not a child psychologist, but apparently, like, we discover our sexuality really young, but society just represses it quite a lot.
1: Like, oh, 100%. Yeah, Like, so... I, I have, I have very, I, I'm pretty sure, like, I have memories from when I was a toddler, like genuinely um and and at first i'd always sort of like not not repressed but just sort of forgotten that i had and then uh, i remember a few years ago watching a comedian um i've forgotten who it was but basically talked about how their daughter has this wind-up mouse and they like taking it to bed with them um and then i was like oh wait it's actually normal then for you know for it to not necessarily be a sexual thing but just sort of a good feeling thing yeah Um, and then obviously as you do get older and you do learn more about things and how things work and just sort of the whole body etc it all just sort of fits into place what I always found sort of relatively frustrating looking back on in sex ed in schools is they would talk about how boys would have wet dreams but would never talk about women's pleasure or anything like that. Like it, it seems like it was always, you know, like they'd explain, for example, what an erection is in sex ed, but it didn't really seem like women got pleasure from that sort of thing as well. Um, So it's, to me, it's just always been a bit baffling that straight from the off, there has been conversations around um, people with penises having pleasure and not necessarily the other side of the coin getting as much enjoyment from it that is
0: so true and I also think they're just kind of linking it back to like pornography like I think pornography is right on Pornhub there's a section that says for women it's not for women like can we just you know like it's all about male pleasure and I know that like the girl's like moaning and like doing whatever and pretending she's enjoying it but like the only way that I can find like a female being pleasured is, like, lesbian porn. It's very, very rare in, like, heterosexual porn that there's ever, you know, like, a lot of time dead. Like, it's always, like, she's giving him a blowjob. He's rarely doing the same.
1: Yeah, so when I... When I first uh, sort of came out to someone as being bisexual, they were like, how do you know? And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> and I did feel the need to defend myself, and I was like, well, you know... um Lesbian porn is quite nice to watch, and he was like, "That's just because." And I remember him saying to me, "That's just because, like, you like the idea of like because you're a woman and you like like you like the idea of that happening to you." And I'm like, "No, no, no, I'm I'm pretty sure I like the whole idea of it.
0: <laughs> I like um, the women in it as
1: well. Yeah. They're quite nice. They seem like nice ladies, you know. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, and I think that is something that was quite key to me." realising my sexuality um, and just in general like I've sex is great and just I don't even know what point I'm trying to make it's just I feel like it's the, this is the sort of conversation that I never really get to have especially with another woman just because I don't know I mean for fact, it's been a while since I've been spoken to another person in in person so it might just be that I'm rambling at this point
0: you're just like really happy with the human contact, aren't you? You're just happy genuinely, with this interaction.
1: <laughs> but that's another thing: is how lockdown has affected single people, um, and you know people in long-distance relationships, etc. And how there was, because um, there was a period of time, wasn't there, where Pornhub Premium was free during lockdown, um, yeah. which I, I, I didn't even sort of. I don't. I don't understand. Um, what the premium bit was so I just didn't even make use of it Um, but I just find it interesting how that is something that people thought oh well here's something to sort of fulfil all of the lonely people out there but I think it has potential to get quite dangerous and it was something that I realised a couple months in that I needed to become a bit aware of that I didn't want to be getting addicted or didn't want to be completely replacing the the need for human interaction with that, and I, I do worry for people out there that are alone and haven't had because I I'm relatively lucky in that I've moved about since since the first lockdown and I have had human interaction and I have been in situations that you know have allowed me to not be physically alone, but I do worry for people that it's been almost a year for some people then they that won't have had human contact with anyone. And that must be quite damaging if you're already a fragile person.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I would just like to point out that the government guidance did say people could have sex outdoors. So you know, if you are, <laughs> if you are struggling, just put a mask on and get to it. Um, no, all jokes aside, please do <laughs> Please do not do. <laughs> please that. do not do that. You do no, not that doing that. <laughs> yeah, it was a loophole. Someone like wrote an article on it, like oh because of the government guidance like you can put a mask on and like have sex outdoors please again please don't do that we're not advocating for that at all but yeah so oh, i don't even know what my point was at this point yeah like the whole thing about kind of being addicted to it or relying on it quite a lot i think that like sometimes as like a single person because like realistically sometimes you just want to get the job done let's be honest i mean i don't know if anyone else has been there sometimes i just think oh can we just hurry this along you know I mean? <laughs> yeah. so sometimes is you know it is just good to like do it yourself get it out of the way then you're fine it's out your system so I think that like especially because people have probably as well just got used to not being around people and used to not and I also think there might be a fear around sex coming out of this because you know we haven't even like had human contact you know even allowed within two meters so then going from that to like having sex quite a lot and I saw an article the other day and actually when my friend were talking about this we were like as soon as this is over like the gum clinic is gonna be <laughs> inundated and so I think yeah it, it is it's probably and it's also like it might just be a way for people to pass the time like if you're furloughed you're at home you live by yourself like you know you could read books you could color in but realistically like if you just want that kind of like not even interaction, but you just want something to do and you want to, like, feel good about yourself. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, but, like, where does it cross a point? Does that make any sense? Or am I just rambling?
1: No, no, it definitely it definitely does make sense as to at what point does... At what point does a healthy exploration of your own emotions and your body become something more toxic and detrimental to your own being? Um, Because I think... I think that it is... <laughs> It's just with the rise of only fans and I see more and more about it on, on people that I follow on Twitter, like that are making their own content. And I'm like, that's quite interesting. That That is the other side of lockdown, is that as much as you've got all of these single or, or just generally lonely people um, around the world, you've also got people that have been taking advantage of this gap in the market. And it's like, well, now is the time to start creating content and start earning money off this
0: yeah to be fair i'm like all for only fans i don't have an account um sorry everyone but <laughs> <laughs> i do apologize but yeah i think it is quite good because you know i think women get sexualized quite a lot i don't think that would be a, a disputed fact so i think if you found a way to like through lockdown as well create a side hustle or a main hustle depending how successful your page is and monetize off like something that you enjoy doing and that you know other people are clearly there for for the market i think that's that's great i don't really know that much about OnlyFans, to be perfectly honest i've never logged on to it never created anything for it but i wonder kind of is this more of like oh uh, I, I don't want to f- i'm really careful of like how i phrase this because what i don't want to do is like come off like judgmental or is in like oh you're just young and doing that because you know if you know I generally think like if you can monetize off that content like great and like you should be able to do whatever you want with your body but I there is a part of me that does wonder like are these like people who are just not all of them but some of them like lonely or like don't have any money because of the pandemic or kind of think this is like a great idea now but in like 10 years time when they're like trying to get a job like I mean, I don't think this should be, like, stigmatised, and I don't think employers should turn them away for it, but there is a part of me that thinks, like, is this a rise of, like, sexual pleasure and a a rise of, like, women and men, like, monetizing off their own body and their own sexuality, or is this, like, a... Is this going to have consequences in the future? Does that make any sense?
1: Yeah, well, I I reckon in in 10 years' time, if you said... Oh, I had an OnlyFans back in 2020. I don't, I don't think many people would bat an eyelid. Yeah, because I don't think many people would bat. I mean, this is probably just my own echo chamber of sort of <laughs> of quite contemporary, like accepting people and friends and stuff. Um, I yeah, I think that in, especially in 10 years' time, it would just be like, a, oh, fair enough. Because I would love to know what the comparison is to, for example, someone that was a Page Three girl. Because yeah. that is an arguably, it's it's quite a similar thing. In you, know, you're you're exposing yourself to millions of people, you know. You, you, and people say, oh, like, what if you, what if your mum saw it? What if your grand saw it, etc. Well, like you know, women would were doing it in in the papers, however many years ago, which would have been seen by anyone and anyone that can just. You don't even have to buy it. You can just pick it up in the shop and have a have a look.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so
1: I think that as much as it feels like we're 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 constantly sort of un- destigmatizing um sex work and and pornography and it's getting more and more accepting, it's always been to some extent relatively acceptable. I don't know. I don't know any any form of page three girls or anything like that. And I'd be very interested to hear one's experience. Um, but yeah yeah that is true that is
0: true actually and I think actually it's kind of unlike the stigmatization of it like I have I've had discussions with men about because you know a lot of men when I've had these discussions have said like oh, I wouldn't date a porn star and I'm like interesting or like wouldn't date someone who was a porn star because I can I can completely understand like the whole if you're in a relationship and your partner's job is to have sex, like I wouldn't feel comfortable with that simply because I need to be the centre of attention all the time. <laughs> so hey man, it's just the truth. But so like but then people who are like, oh but they were and they're like just because like if I had like kids, like I wouldn't want like their parent to be a sex worker or like for them to see it or for their like friends to see it or like I wouldn't want like my friends or family to know what they'd done or like I don't know if I would feel like comfortable with it and I always just think like it's really interesting because I think like that view is valid but at the same time like I don't know I just feel like you can't consume it and like create the market for it because the reason it exists is because a lot of people watch it so you can't really consume it and create the market but then be like critical of sex workers yeah it's it's
1: it's it's very hypocritical if you are someone that and you know that you actively consume it and to to then bash it (laughs) because these these are real people you know the amount of the amount of professionals that uh that are on that are on sites uh that we've mentioned there's a lot of people out there who it is their full-time job you know i don't i don't know if i've ever met one i i i feel like i must have done at some point because i just and at some point in our lives we will maybe meet someone unknowingly knowing uh, not knowing of their past or, or stuff like that and i don't see why you would treat anyone any different obviously i understand the the reasons of if they are still currently active in that industry and it's not something that you would want to engage in a relationship with fair enough but if it's something that they themselves have moved on from then i you know if you're comfortable with people that have got high body counts for example is there much different in fact there's if anything is there less difference because they were just doing it for money it's not like they had any emotional attachment to any of these people i think i'd prefer it if, in many ways and hey at uh, least they know what they're doing
0: <laughs> well exactly you can have a great time but yeah, like that, that's actually a really interesting point. I didn't think about that. I don't think I don't think I could be a porn star. Not I mean there's many reasons why I couldn't be. Like <laughs> oh, you terms, could be Althea. Oh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> but <laughs> No, but you know, I I I just don't think I would be able to like th- I mean the stamina first of all, but also just like, you know, the emotional attachment, like I think I know I think it's it's like incredible it makes me sound like oh my, oh my goodness I wish I didn't have any emotional attachments but no like I, I you know I think like yeah you're right because like what is the difference between that and then someone who's like slept with a lot of different people that's really interesting yeah actually interesting thoughts there anyway <laughs> moving on from that um in, in terms of like pornography as well so one of the things I like wanted to to mention actually this is a good time to now drop in again that um if you have just tuned in or you know you've only been listening for a couple of minutes and you're like what on earth is going on we are this is a speech show we're talking about pornography so it is adult themed just fyi um yeah but there was there was a, a period of time where like I just stopped watching like Pornhub because I read about how, like, not everything was, like, verified on there. I mean, I didn't really know how it, like, worked, to be honest. But I didn't realise that not everyone was verified or they didn't understand where, like, the porn came from a lot of the time. And I read that there was this, like, one girl in particular, I can't remember her name, um, but she was, like, kidnapped or something and, like, sexually assaulted. And that video of her being, like, raped was put on pornography and it was, like, categorised as, like, rough sex or something. So, like, no one would think, like, anything else because, like, that's a lot of the time what they, like, act like or something like that. It's, like, like, a niche. Um, and she contacted Pornhub, like, a bunch of times and they wouldn't take the video down until yeah. she, like, took legal action. So there was a period of time where I was, like, oh, I just don't feel comfortable watching it because I just don't know where that's came from. Like, I don't know if they're of age. Like, you know, i yeah. like, try to pick, not, like, old actors, but, like, ones that definitely did not look, like, underage. But it felt like I was, like, constantly having to make an ethical choice which totally like when I say kills the mood that makes me sound really bad if I'm like no, into like it... non-ethical but yeah like I really had to like consider it like where does this come from do, do they have a tick next to their name it wasn't until like recently that I like went back to it because I I saw that they'd like actually done like a massive clear out and like deleted a bunch of stuff and made sure that every single person was verified who was on there but yeah there was a period of time when I was like oh this is really sketchy like I just don't want to like, and I also just really don't want to encourage any behaviour like that at all.
1: Yeah, there is definitely that that risk, especially with the amateur categories and things like that. Because I had I had this conversation with a friend of mine back in lockdown one. We were, this is what I mean when I said that I've got friends that I do talk, like male friends that I do talk a lot about this to. And um, he said that he prefers the amateur category because the more homemade they are, the more realistic they feel, um, whereas I was like, I am the total opposite. For me, I prefer the more professional categories because I feel like I can trust that they're more an, a more ethical source. Um, because lo- like you, that, that, that story, and it's not the first story. There are thousands of cases of, you know, on various sites of, of videos that are not, have not got consenting adults in, and it is truly horrific. And I think that there is, a message for anyone that is, that does watch or, um, you know, is thinking about watching is to just be really careful about what content you are consuming. And I think that is one of the upsides to OnlyFans and creators and, you know, live cams, etc. cetera. Um, things that you know are, it's, it's a lot more empowering as well. If, if you know that the, the creator is, is doing it and is getting the funds and if, you know, it's a solo cam girl or whatever then it's a it feels ethical and therefore can feel better
0: <laughs> yeah that is that is really true and also like i i prefer like the high production ones like for that reason but also i just i like quality what can i say you know i do i like,
1: I yeah, like as a media student i just can't bear a dodgy camera angle
0: yeah honestly
1: <laughs> honestly
0: like i'm like gosh what what are you doing but yeah um and then, you, there is just a lot more like consent to it like you say as well in terms of pornography i think another thing i really wanted to like touch upon was not just kind of i mean we've talked previously about like how it can make like sex a little bit more like violent or you know kind of um encourage people to like not want to have like vanilla in quotation marks sex But also kind of like body image. I think it's getting better because like I've seen, like obviously it plays to niches and like not everyone is, I think it's very different than the mainstream media because the mainstream media definitely pushes this narrative that like you need to be thin or like you need to like thin people. Like this is what's attractive. Whereas porn, I'm very torn about it because on one hand, it adheres to like what everybody likes and there's a market for everything and it represents that a lot more than what the mainstream media does. I've seen far more body types and, like, ethnicities and races in porn than I have in the mil- mainstream media. That being said, <laughs> there is definitely a tendency, I think we've all seen, you know, like, um, definitely like the sexualization of just different races, yeah. which is clearly marketed for a white audience. It's, like, <laughs> I do apologise for anyone that's just turned this on, but it's, like, white girl gets rammed. but, you know...
1: yeah. Um, yeah, there is, there is, there is definitely that, and the the fetishization of 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 certain ethnicities and certain um, beauty standards and all of that is is such a whole other problematic area. But just to focus on the sort of first bit of that is the the idea of body image, and it's you know I think people I always hear people shouting about how uh, porn gives women um unexpl- like unreachable like body image issues and standards and stuff and i'm sure that that is true but personally for me i have never felt self-conscious about myself because of watching porn if anything watching porn has allowed me to feel empowered when i am engaging with other people that that is normal reactions and that you're allowed to you know be loud or whatever or to you know the the Watching it has allowed me to know that it is safe to not imitate it, but just that yeah, as much as it's unrealistic in many many regards, it is also really realistic of how humans naturally interact with each other and I think that it often go goes unsaid that there are positives to watching that and you can have a really healthy relationship with yourself and with sex because of porn and because of watching it and you can be, well adjusted knowing that all of these things in the world are actually normal you know what going back to bridgerton um when daphne doesn't doesn't know anything because she's never been told has no idea anything and you know when the the duke says when you're alone you can touch yourself and then we then see that exploration i was like this is so wild and it and i realized i was like so many people growing up will have had not obviously that experience of being told by a duke <laughs> but we've ha- we've not realized that it is okay to have those physical reactions whereas because I've grown up fairly independent and you know finding these things for myself I've always known that it's okay
0: yeah that is very true I feel like from I, I didn't I feel like I didn't learn a lot from horn mm in terms of you know like relationships or anything but there was something or like you know how to do it or whatever but there was some things like in terms of like I not know even just like like the, the fact that it's out there just like states to me like you're allowed to explore your own sexuality and you're allowed to explore like what you like and things like that so yeah I do agree with you like on that point that it's you know it it kind of enables you to discover different things enables you to discover different things you might be into and kind of how intimacy works the one thing I will say about it is that I think just in terms of like body image I think the whole because whilst it like portrays different body types I know that like a lot of porn stars or like I don't know I just I feel like in terms of like genitalia do you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, there's, that, there's a lot that of is... surgically altered genitalia. Like the men always have like an... I can't imagine what like body image that does to boys because I feel like boys talk about oh you've got a small penis a lot more than girls talk about like oh you've got like big lips or whatever. I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... Yeah, but that that is a whole that is a definitely a whole other thing, is that it's it's really emasculating for a boy to have a joke made about about his penis size, whereas I feel like you know, and that you do get derogatory comments towards women, but it, there are less so about if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna insult a woman, you'll probably it's not necessarily the first one that will come to mind, even though when you do watch mainstream sort of professional porn, they are sort of all like neat and tidy and you know, a certain way.
0: <laughs> yeah, to be fair, like for the longest time, like I. I don't even know if it really came from. I think it came from like first of all not having like conversations with my female friends, not having like a sex education about the vagina. Like I did not know what a labia was for like the longest time because no one ever told me what it was. You know, I had to like find that out by myself. Mm. You know, or like not knowing like like when I I remember distinctly and this plays out in my mind because I just find it so funny. I remember like one time in like who we in like year nine or ten someone said something about how like you don't pee from your vagina and we were like ha you idiot of course you do turns out they were right we were all wrong (laughs) (laughs) but but, even loads of things like that and I think for the longest time I was like really confused because I was like is mine normal does it look normal Mm. is it supposed to look like that I was really confused like but yeah like they all come in completely different shapes and sizes don't they I know like I was talking to someone who worked in the NHS in, like, general practice, and they said that they actually had a lot, like, a lot of young women coming asking for reconstructive surgery because they thought theirs wasn't normal. Oh, flippin' heck. Yeah, like, a lot of people, like, were, like, seeking it out. And obviously, they would, like, they would refer them on, but, like, gynae would always be like, no, yours is normal. But, like, there was, like, a high number, like, surprise... Like, not, like, every other girl, but, like, surprisingly high rates of young girls going into GP practices thinking theirs wasn't normal because of pornography.
1: Because the I think when I was about sixteen, I started watching Hannah Witten's YouTube videos. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Love her. Yeah. Um. And she, I think, has been such a crucial role model in these conversations. And I think as much as you know, watching watching porn is is great. Having someone like her, you know, speaking so publicly about all of these different things and doing it so well, um. Was actually probably what has made me have, be well adjusted and have a healthy relationship with these, because she was sort of like, the, this scientifical or just you know, good mind, that backed up that everything that I was thinking or doing was okay. Yeah. Um. You know when she's gets out her, her her love honey ads or whatever. I'm like yeah great. Let's watch this. Let's see what let's see what your cust what your viewers have been buying. I'm interested. <laughs> um. Whereas I think if it wasn't for YouTubers like her doing doing sex ed, essentially, there's probably you know millions of girls that don't have a clue about anything because it is lacking from the education system.
0: And I also think... Because I think the reason we don't have a lot of sex ed is because teachers are uncomfortable teaching it. Understandably, if I was a class... A teacher... If I was a class... If I was a teacher with, like, secondary school kids, there's no way that I would sit them all down and be like, this is what a labia is, this is what this is. But I do think it needs to happen. I think there should be, like, external sex ed teachers that come into classes and teach and, like, teach about, like, different types of pleasure and things. And they like, an external person, obviously it would be regulated, and I'm just gonna, like, any old <laughs> person just walk in the classroom. But then it, like, saves teachers the embarrassment. It gives, like, children a chance to, like, even just giving them resources to go away and do like by themselves like to like you know go away and learn things on their own but I think it would be really beneficial if there was like a different like organization that just goes into schools teaches stuff and then like leaves. because teachers aren't going to do it teachers shouldn't do it because I think they're too close with the students and like I don't think you should cross that boundary where students know exactly what's happening in your sex life because that's weird
1: yeah yeah definitely you know I I, because and I think that the problem is, as well, is that PC or whatever it was in everyone else in school, citizenship, I think some people call it, just general sort of health class. It's There's never a dedicated teacher for it. There is never the funding for that to be someone who is actually properly trained. You know, you wouldn't get some random, well, I mean, in some schools you do get random people just teaching English or science and stuff, but PCI was always a p teacher geography teacher that's just thrown in to just repeat the same information back at you they are not actually in my case anyway qualified or trained or at least seem to be trained to actually deliver these subjects um although i do i just have a funny memory of the same the same teacher um had to uh, teach us how to put a condom on uh, did you ever have that lesson in, in school yeah we had to yeah. put it on a banana See, we we were a bit more advanced than that. We had um, uh, uh, they were bright blue, and they were like they slotted together. You had the the shaft and the base essentially, (laughs) Uh, and so we all got we all got one condom to, to to just one. Because, you know, once you've learned how to do one, that's it. You're going to know how to do it. It's not going to ever cause any confusion later on in life, is it? (laughs) Especially like, you know, we were, I think we were definitely like 14. Most people probably, you know, be a few years before we're faced with one again. Um, (laughs) uh, So, you know, we were rolling them down and like doing all of that. And then she passed around baby oil. um, baby oil to prove to us that you should never use it as a lubricant. Um, because it dissolves the the condom and actually like will, will break it, so it was a really it was a really good lesson that we were there play, playing with these condoms, had a bit of baby oil, then realised that it would it would break the condom if you used it on it, and my, my friend, um, he was proper proper playing. He had both of his hands inside, you know, stretching them really far out to see how, <laughs> just just how, it, uh, and it wasn't breaking. Uh, and you know, with and so it, everyone else had sort of you know come to the conclusion, yes, it's a fact, baby oil destroys condoms, not not a good lubricant. Uh, and she was then mo- moved on to another point, and he was still doing it, and I've just got this really vivid memory of him stretching out in with his in, in between his hands, it breaking and it being around his hands as he just gives the teacher two thumbs up. No. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's such a vivid memory. Of him with just this this oil baby oiled broken condom around his wrists as he's just giving her a thumbs up. Oh my lord! So I appreciate that that is slightly off topic, still. To no, it's still about, funny.
0: It's just <laughs> actually, class. Actually, one of the things I really wanted to like fit in like before we finish was as soon as kind of just like popped to mind. It kind of feeds into the whole thing about pornography, like not being verified, etc um only people who are underage i don't know if you found this but the sexualization of like young girls really creeps me out like the fact there's always like babysitter schoolgirl, like this and that and you know if you type in like schoolgirl in like google like google images like it'll come up with like you know like sexy costumes and it's very sexualized and it's very much like that and like school boy like it never is and I there's this one influence that I followed that like really brought it to my attention because I'd never thought of it before and I think we've all you know gone like to Halloween or something dressed as a schoolgirl, like done the whole Britney Spears thing um you know like tie your shirt up but she she pointed out that like young women are very much sexualized in pornography but if you had like you know if if young like because it's very much like appeal to male gaze right and they were saying like the whole Sexy schoolgirls to like appease men, whereas if like we then start talking about sexy schoolboys, like it, it even then it feels a lot weirder for me to say. She was like, if people started dressing up as like schoolboys to for like sex or like sexualize it, like it wouldn't be accepted at all. So I just wonder like what your opinions were on that.
1: I think, I mean, I think it you know very clearly anything anything underage is horrific. And the fact that we have, we are still at a point in society where that schoolgirl fetish is still a thing and is still relatively normalised and like, you know, even as recently as um, uh, in Gavin and Stacey, Stacey's hen night, they're all dressed up as schoolgirls, aren't they? It is, and you know, because they are all adults, it's it's fine because they are all adults, but it's also not fine because they are portraying like they are like you know dressing up as as underage girls to be sexy and i know that in gavin Stacey, the whole joke is that that is you know it's a cliche creepy weird thing isn't it but yeah it is just and the, the I, I mean women are always not always women do have the tendency to be sexualized more than men um just because of how you know society has been for the past 2000 years and the the male gaze is always gonna um, be something that, you know, it sells. You know, se- sex sells. Women, women, beautiful women, sells. And as long as we've sort of got that society where f- things earn money. There's that advert that's got, um, f- easily like five years ago now, that's uh, it's a butter advert, it's animated and the kids make their parents some toast in bed. And there's a whole "Mummy, why are you wrestling daddy joke? And I was say, why why do we need to sell butter? Why does sex need to sell butter? (laughs) It makes no sense. And I think that, you know, as long as, I know as long as, you know, obviously that advert is a bit of fun and it is quite funny if you're not gonna be a raging snowflake like me about it. But at the end of the day, there's no need. But also, are we normalising it? Where's where's the line? Is it empowering? No, it's a butter advert. But... (laughs) (laughs) As long as we have sex selling things, there is always going to be men profiting off of the idea that women are held in a beautiful image, etc. And I think it's also really
0: interesting, like you said, like, sex sells. Like, it is really interesting to see, like where it comes from like particularly this like because i understand like where like you know the gem idea of sex selling comes from because you know people like sex i
1: guess um, and it's controversial it gets have you seen yeah. the cadbury's cream egg advert no oh my god is this flown under your radar aletheia it has
0: been i've been like a little bit of a bookworm this week i have to well so to admit.
1: about maybe like two weeks ago was it uh, everyone, well not everyone, lots of people were very enraged because Cadbury's Cream Egg um, released an advert of two men sharing, sharing a cream egg, a, a real life gay couple, I think, um, you know, and it is, it is, it is a saucyish ish advert, and, you know, obviously there are l- loads of angry homophobic people that are like, this is disgusting, etc. to which you have to point out every other single time women or like heterosexual sex has been used to sell chocolate you know think of the think of all the other chocolate adverts out there you know there's one there's one there's an m&m advert where she's having an affair with her husband (laughs) with an m&m so there is no reason to be other than just because people are blatantly homophobic about it to be crying over the cream egg advert i'm surprised you haven't seen that the backfire recently over, um, uh, oh, what's the name of it? Of the Russell T Davis, um, "It's a Sin." Yes. The the backfire over the scenes in that compared to the praising of the scenes in Bridgerton, just because of the ridiculous homophobia that there still is in 2021, when you know both shows have got very raunchy scenes, you know, threesomes, etc and yet the media reporting on them shows one in a good light and one in a bad light for no reason other than because it's homophobic
0: yeah i completely agree and like to be fair like when i was like watching that show like the thing is it's not even like i just don't particularly like mind sex scenes to be honest like in general like i'm not that bothered about it but i think yeah it is really interesting cuz i To be honest, like, when I even, like, when everyone was saying to me, like, you need to watch Bridget, and like I said earlier, it was, no one really mentioned any sex scenes, which I think is why I was so surprised. But it wasn't like, oh, I don't want to see this. It was just like, oh, I didn't realize this was so prevalent in this show. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Whereas, like, with, like, it's the same, I guess I was, like, less surprised just because it's about the AIDS pandemic. So I figured there was definitely going to have to be sex scenes in there. Because to portray it accurately, you're not going to be like, oh, how did they get this? Like, yeah, them not see it. But yeah, that's really, I mean, I know in like the first episode, there is quite a hefty montage of sex scenes. But, you know, if you're going to watch that show, like, you know, it's going to be in there. So like, whilst, you know, it was a bit excessive, but same with Bridgerton, really. So yeah, like, it is kind of crazy how many complaints were actually like brought forward because of that especially when it's so relevant to the storyline, like arguably in Bridgerton, it's not really, actually it is relevant at some point, but not really. Like you could have wrote Bridgerton without sex scenes. You could not write a drama about the id yeah. pandemic without sex scenes, realistically.
1: Yeah, like it's not, it's not as uh, necessarily relevant to the um, to the main arc. I mean, it is because, but you didn't necessarily need to see it as much. Like, yeah. you could, like, I think, like, to the extent that some scenes went on for, for example, like, you know, but also it's very good because, you know, Bridgerton especially is about a lot about female pleasure and about how the men in this society can get away with doing what they want. They will never be held accountable. But if a woman so much as kisses a man, she is ruined and tarnished and unmarriable for the rest of her life. Um, yeah. So I think it does, even though it's not necessary to plot, it's necessary for the for the themes and for what it's wanting to convey, as a TV show maybe.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And on that note, I think that's it. We've came to the end of our time. That was that was quite that was quite good. I think we covered a lot of base there.
1: So. First, second, third, and fourth.
0: <laughs>
1: Yay! Oh, I, think I should have known. I should have known I was leading you into that one. And for more comedy, you can hear The Milking Parlour every Sunday from 10pm. Yeah,
0: go and listen to that as well. (laughs) (laughs) all right. thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week with an episode on contraception. And we have a very exciting special guest joining us who's going to be talking us through her research and will be sharing our personal experiences using different methods of contraception you don't want to miss it we'll see you next week on spark